Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have a preseason recap to get to. Uh, As we were last recording the show a week ago, now recording this one on October 17th. Uh, However, starting with last Sunday the 10th, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks played the Oklahoma City Thunder. This was the first game where our uh, projected uh, day one starters for the regular season all came together, and the Bucks 20 balled the Thunder 130 to 110 as expected. The Oklahoma City uh, looked to largely have their whole day one roster as well, but we all know that the Thunder are. Uh, Considered to be somewhat at the basement of the league at this point, and that is also uh, essentially by design in order to optimize their lottery ping pong balls for for the near future. I guess I'll say I totally get their approach. However, I might have done something different myself. They already made out in a major way with uh, the Russell Westbrook and the Paul George uh, transaction. So in my mind, they had already gotten more, uh, yeah, um, lottery ping pong ball uh, chances than any other team looks to have uh, in the near future. So I would have loved to see them kind of continue on with the route of... uh, trying to stay somewhat competitive and not totally bottom out as opposed to their um, 76er Sam Hinkie uh, process route that they seem to be going in. But I definitely understand the contrary because we all know how much the treadmill of mediocrity has hurt uh, franchises in the past, uh, such as our own Milwaukee Bucks uh, for that matter. Heck, it could have costed us a franchise being sent to Seattle if it weren't for if it weren't for our own uh, Herb Cole and our and our new owners. But I digress. <laughs> uh, getting back into this, uh, I believe our third preseason game of the year against the Thunder, the Bucks uh, won the first quarter. With a massive uh, 48 point outburst, uh, the end of the first quarter up 48 to 32. So, uh, not a bad quarter offensively either for the Thunder. But the Bucks' big three of Drew, Chris, and Giannis combined for 24 points alone in the first quarter. However, what helped the Thunder was was that uh, Lou Dort made four of his five three point attempts in the first quarter. And, and led the Thunder in scoring with 15 points after the first period. Uh, he'd end up with 19 points in 19 minutes after only playing the first half. Shea Gilgis Alexander also only scored, or pardon me, also only played in the first quarter, ending with 12 points and 6 assists. You really have to admire uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander's game. He's one of the up-and-coming stars that tends to kind of be overlooked due to playing uh, in Oklahoma City, but he's uh, really a jack-of-all-trades. Chris Middleton also led the Bucks in scoring in his 17 first half minutes, scoring 14 points uh, in the first half. Uh, Ty Jerome led all Thunder bench scorers with 13 points uh, by the end of the game. And after the 20-point Bucks victory, uh, Thunder rookie 
Uh, Jeremiah Robbins, the Earl, had this quote uh, about the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, their game against the reigning champions. He said, it was kind of like a wake-up call for us to kind of see where we're at with all of the work we've been putting in during the week and what we need to keep working on and uh, get better at. So, uh, nice to hear some praise from the rookie. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was drafted early in the second round, and he uh, started in this game against the Bucks. but the Thunder do uh, seem to have a pretty deep front court rotation, including two of our own former Bucks in uh, DJ Wilson and Mamadi Diakite. Um, I saw a highlight clip of Mamadi uh, breaking free for for a wide open uh, dunk against the Bucks. I had previously talked about on another episode how Mamadi was claimed after the Bucks waved him by the Thunder, and and uh, so in not having either an Exhibit Ten, also known as a training camp roster spot or a two-way spot he is a prime candidate to make the day one roster for the oklahoma city thunder i unfortunately can't say the same for dj wilson who i believe was on a training camp deal Uh, so the odds are against him but yeah otherwise in in that oklahoma city thunder front court rotation there are a couple veterans in Derek favors and mike muscala but those two being the two veterans in the room on this young team, it's hard to say how much they'll actually play this season. And they also probably don't have the potential of, of perhaps some other veterans in this league to turn any losses into wins for, for Oklahoma City. But yeah, they're playing for those lottery ping pong balls. So always nice to see a, a Bucks victory, but... That's what we have come to expect, really, on uh, more nights than not, more nights than otherwise. Fortunately, that would be the lone uh, victory of the week for the Bucks, as they narrowly trailed the Thunder uh, all throughout their contest. In their contest against the Jazz this week, the Jazz held a slim lead throughout the entire game, but the Bucks just simply weren't uh, able to overcome as both both teams uh, tended to go on go on their own separate runs uh, throughout and Jazz must have just had uh, one too many for the Bucks to handle as the Jazz won uh, 93 to 96. Uh, this is another game where, uh, the Bucks had all of their day one uh, starters in Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. And the same was the case for the uh, the opposition, the Utah Jazz, starting Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Bogdan Bogdanovich, pardon me, Bojang Bogdanovich, not Bogdan, as we're all too familiar with, and the reigning defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Uh, The Jazz shot hot uh, early from three, uh, particularly uh, Donovan Mitchell displaying his his exceptional off-the-dribble game. But the Bucks executed and got some good looks themselves to counteract that, uh, to still uh, hang in the game despite a four-minute scoring drop from the Bucks uh, after after their bench uh, entered the game. After the first quarter, the Jazz led 30-35 to 35 with Giannis leading the Bucks with 7 points and Donovan Mitchell leading all scorers with 12 points. Uh, early in the second, Giannis was able to drain a, a couple jumpers over uh, Eric Paschal. Paschal was acquired from the Warriors in a steal where the Jazz only gave up a second round pick, pick for... Uh, Pascal, who was one of the key Warriors' key rotation players, um, albeit in uh, not some of the best Warrior teams of the past uh, several years, but uh, 
Pascal, still young, and notably a close friend of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, really good snag for the Jazz, I, I must say. Giannis also showed to have a bit of uh, but a two-man game between him and Drew, where Giannis was able to find Drew for a three, and then on the next offensive possession, there was a Drew-Giannis pick-and-roll that led to uh, Giannis slam. This could be an example of what we, what we can expect more of this year as um, everyone seems to be predicting the Bucks to have more regular season success given that um, we don't have to... We don't have to integrate uh, as big of a piece as we did last year in Drew Holiday. Now with a season and a championship under his belt with the Bucks, um, And also we're helped by the fact that uh, presumably the Philadelphia 76ers will not be will not be fighting for that number one seed either. And uh, the next the next teams in the pecking order that I deem to be behind us, the Hawks and the Heat are a team that we ought to take serious in the postseason, but I would still have us being certain favorites above both of those teams in both the regular season and postseason. Um, so, yeah, that's why people seem to be taking the over on our uh, win total over-unders for the regular season. Um, and, of course, course uh, us as fans can... Relax a bit more, knowing that knowing that we are able to get over the hump like we were able to do so last year. Back to the the game against the Jazz, though. Again, in the second quarter here, the Bucks bench was able to hold up a little better as they kept Brook uh, on the court with the reinforcements this time, uh, as opposed to the first quarter. Pretty tough to have a Mamu Nwara, uh front court as those two have have less size than you would like for the four and the five spot. Truly just young guys who might lack the defensive uh, instincts and know how to uh, make up for that size as well. So good to have Brooke out there. Noir has been impressive throughout the, the preseason so far. Of course, it's just the preseason, excluding his most recent game against the Mavericks. I must say he hasn't been uh, quite as much of a chucker as he was in Summer League, but he was essentially our number one option in Summer League, so that's excusable. As a 54th pick in the draft this year, it's hard to be disappointed in what Mamu showed so far, particularly on offense. He's he's uh, incredibly versatile for, for his level of experience on offense, but he seems to lack the size and strength to defend most fives and then as far as defending fours he might not quite quite have uh the quickness uh for that either but there's silver silver line there's no way but but up from here for the young man either at halftime the jazz led by just two 61 to 63 uh Giannis with 14 points five rebounds two assists to uh Bojan Bogdanovic's 14 points and three rebounds Early in the third, we got a Grayson step back three to tie it at 71. I remember Lockdown Bucks and Lockdown Grizzlies had a crossover where they discussed Grayson extensively for about a half hour, and they talked about how Grayson isn't a guy you want taking uh, off the dribble threes, and that was that remains to be uh, the argument uh, for Dante over Grayson when Dante does come back, but I would say that most Bucks fans have been happy with Grayson so far, showing that he can be a consistent three-point shooter uh, and also is uh, quite athletic um, compared to certain people's expectations. I'd say what surprised me the most is just his size and strength uh, for his position. Yeah, he's just a really big dude for uh, a two-guard, in my opinion. Later on in the third, the Jazz went on an 11-4 run, starting off with a Jared Butler 3 over Giannis. And then Whiteside blocked a Giannis 3-pointer before Jordan Clarkson would hit uh, two threes in a row against the Bucks. Jared Butler's been really impressive from what I've seen for the Jazz in preseason. Further along in the second half, he drove past a couple Bucks, Bucks defenders for, for an open dunk and then 
He crossed uh, he crossed up Jordan Wara before drawing a foul against Jordan. He's going to get into it later, but let's see. Jared Butler right now is just above... Uh, pardon me. Jared Butler is just above Jordan Wara uh, in preseason scoring at the 17th spot, whereas Jordan Jordan is now ranked... Uh, 18th in scoring in pre in five preseason games, scoring 17.8 points, five rebounds, 2.6 assists, on 44.3, 41.2, and 83.3% shooting in 23.7 minutes. So that's what I'm talking about as far as Jordan really impressing, but Jared's doing just the same. Uh, Jared, of course, with uh with one less year of experience than Noara has. I believe I heard that uh, Jared Butler was drafted 40th in this past draft, which really surprised me because he was a guy that I thought the Bucks could take a look at. He did have severe injury concerns, if I remember correctly, which uh, I think otherwise he could have easily been a late first-round pick. Yeah, it's always nice to see guys maybe slept on a bit in the draft, uh, being uh, becoming pleasant surprises, even if it's not for us, I guess I can somewhat relate uh, to the Jazz. Many have made the comparison with the Jazz of now last year being, I believe they won, I want to say they won 52 games last season, which might have been uh, a pace close to, if not 60 wins, uh, but they've been uh, pretty disappointing in the playoffs the past several years, so that might sound like a team that the listeners are familiar with uh maybe a team that had just got over the hump and won the championship this past year but uh perhaps fell short uh, a couple years prior um with uh, a couple disappointing uh defeats and upsets despite some 60 win seasons but maybe i'll let you guys guess whom i'm alluding to and just before I get to the fourth quarter, this was uh, this was also the moment where we were reminded that uh, the I believe he is now officially the Jazz's general manager, but he's at least high up in the Jazz's front office. Justin Zanuck was originally brought into the Milwaukee Bucks, and it was uh, fairly common knowledge that Justin Zanuck was uh, to take over for John Hammond as the Bucks general manager. And in controversial fashion, our uh, ownership group, um, of course, uh, including more than one singular owner like many teams, uh, ended up going uh, against uh, the, uh, I don't know, the knowledge that many had that Zanuck was supposed to be the Bucks GM, but it ended up being uh, John Horst. And at the time, let's remember, many thought that that uh, might have been assigned to uh, many, including Giannis, that uh, that the, Mo- the Milwaukee Bucks front office was dysfunctional. Of course, in small markets, you have um, a lot less room for error um, and uh yeah, can make far fewer mistakes than uh, perhaps if you were in New York or Los Angeles if you want to win uh, championships. However, what originally looked like dysfunction turned out to be, um, well, certainly has worked out for the Bucks so far as they have extended uh, general manager John Horst on a multi-year deal. Uh, he was just recently on the Woj pod. Uh, I just listened to it yesterday and... I'll be honest, I didn't have uh, a ton of takeaways from that. <laughs> um, you know, if I'm being honest, obviously, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is uh, probably the most renowned reporter in the NBA, if not uh, most or all of sports. He's, um, I don't know, I guess a report, uh, reporter name that I would that I would expect. Uh, casual fans to know more than anyone else, um, but he's a little dry. Uh, he makes a name for himself and being uh, and just being like so connected and breaking breaking news and uh, being all knowing. But in my 
humble opinion and he has no reason to care about this he's uh there are more entertaining analysts out there is all i'm gonna say so um however of course i had to give it a listen since he had uh john horst on and john horst being an incredibly successful front office individual um it also does not behoove uh john horst to try and uh give the most entertaining interview either um i just say all that to allude to not having a ton of breaking news at all from uh this podcast i believe when Woj and horst recorded together um the news hadn't broken that horst uh officially signed his extension so in a way it, they they did break news on the podcast but um Horst really didn't reveal uh, too much about uh, himself uh, nor the Bucks during the interview uh, that I can share. But he obviously seemed um, fairly upbeat when reflecting on the Bucks NBA championship. So at the end of the, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that guys uh, like Horst are being celebrated in the media. Um, because I know many many would argue that uh, the Bucks aren't being highlighted as much as they deserve being NBA championships, being NBA championships, being NBA champions, champions winning first championship in 50 years for the franchise. But as I like to say, um, there's no reason to feel sorry for ourselves as NBA champions. Um, and ha- having the core that we have uh, locked locked in uh, for the near future, so we can try and avoid that uh, small market small market syndrome that I've talked about, or uh, also known as, uh, frankly, the inferiority complex of a uh, of a small market team. But that's quite a digression. Shout out to John Horst for doing a great job and. Bringing in Brooke Lopez, re-signing, uh, well, also re-signing Brooke, but also Chris and Giannis and trading for uh, Drew Holiday and getting him extended as well. Headed into the fourth quarter now against the Jazz, if we remember this. Uh, the Bucks still trailed by just two, um, 93-95 to 95 against the Jazz. After three quarters, Chris led it with 22 points, five rebounds, three assists to Jordan Clarkson's 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, Nuara uh, got a steal, and then he was able to find uh, Drew in transition for the Southpaw jam. Um, then Nuara strikes again with a finish and a tough, tough layup uh, over the uh, tall Jazz defense in uh, Yudoka Azabuki, the former uh, Kansas University standout who... Um, who uh, Got a huge uh, dunk wide open in transition before he blocked uh, Elijah Bryant at the rim and ripped it away from Mamu Kelish, uh, Sandro Mamu Kelishvili. Um, so, big close to the game from Yudoka Azabuki. Um, really the third center for the Jazz, but uh, what really stands out with uh, the Jazz's changes this year, this year is... Um, fact that they replaced Derek Fabers, of course, had a long career with the Jazz and successful at that, but um, wasn't qu- quite able to, to uh, reclaim the success he'd had before uh, leaving the Jazz. Initially for the Pelicans two seasons ago, last year he wasn't as spectacular for the Jazz as before, so um, Jazz went out and got Hassan Whiteside at a minimum contract, uh, another uh, mountain of a man, just like Rudy Gobert, he allows um, the Jazz to maintain their uh, top-tier rim, rim protection and uh, incredible size at the center spot while Gobert is on the bench. And the idea is quite similar with Yudoka Azabuki, um, who I'll say I don't know how much he played last season, so as a second-year man, I don't think he'd be, he'd be quite ready for backup minutes. Um but 
I was impressed by him in this preseason action. The end of the fourth quarter, Jazz went on another uh, run, this time 16-4, to um, which uh, within that uh, had Elijah Hughes draining a big three, but that came just after he had um, been stuffed by the rim uh, earlier in the fourth. Uh, the At the end of the game, the... Uh, Jazz won the uh, bench points battle, 76-44. to 44. Um, A lot of that, of course, comes from, um, from a uh, Jordan Clarkson. And I don't know if Ingles was, was active for this game. I don't remember seeing him, so I'd have to guess no. But let's remember that those two were uh, Jordan won six-man of the year uh, last year. And... Uh, Joe Ingles was also uh, was also quite high in the six man of the year running as well. So that's a category that isn't isn't the worst to to lose to the Jazz in. And um, same goes with uh, rebounding. Um, although that's really where the Bucks tend to hang their hat on. Uh, they lost the rebounding battle forty three to forty eight against the Jazz. But as I just mentioned, uh, having guys like Gobert and White's Gobert, Whiteside, and Yudoka Azubuki will afford them um, all the all the defensive rebounds they can get, um, and making shots also uh, also helps limit uh, the opposition's uh, rebounding. As the Jazz knocked down twenty threes against the Bucks, who had sixteen themselves, so uh, nothing to scoff at, but just another area that stuck out when looking at why we um, weren't able to close it out in the end. All right. Now, lastly, um, the Bucks fell to Jason Kidd's Dallas Mavericks uh, Friday evening. Uh, this was um, the game following when the Mavericks beat the Charlotte Hornets by 48. Bucks only lost by 11, 114 uh, to 103. Um, I just like that Thunder game when I was busy, um, you know, working on the show here and my writing and also frankly watching the, uh, NFL AFC championship rematch last Sunday, uh, Bills versus Chiefs. Let's go Bill Mafia. Um, yeah, I wasn't able to catch the Thunder game nor this Maverick game, uh, this time I was celebrating um, the 25th birthday of my boy Freddie Mac. So this one goes out to you, Freddie. Uh, sincere thanks for all the beer, uh, cheese curds, starbursts, and lottery tickets that were all involved in the Friday uh, evening celebrations for Fred. Nonetheless, I'll share the notes I have on that Maverick game from my research. Uh, there was no Luca or Chris Tapps in this one. I believe the Mavs starters were um, uh, Brunson, Josh Green, second-year man, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, and Dwight Powell. Uh, Brunson and Burke led the Mavericks in scoring uh, with 14 and 13 points, respectively. There's no uh, Chris, Dante, or Semi Ojale in this one, but Giannis starred with 26 points in 25 minutes. Uh, Giannis shot 9 of 11 from the field and 6 of 9 from the free throw line. Excuse me. Giannis scored 20 of his 26 points in the uh, 16 first half minutes that he played, including shooting 2 of 2 from the three-point line. Uh, I'm sure many of you have seen the trend on uh, Bucks Twitter of uh, side-by-side footage of Giannis and Chris Middleton jumpers being uh, remarkably similar now, um, which checks out given the fact that these guys have been uh, have been battling together in in practice for the better part of the last decade. Um, but um, I'd have to say I I agree with the message. Uh, confirmation bias be damned. Uh, Giannis's jumper does uh, does look uh, a lot smoother. Um, I believe in the past we've seen Giannis focusing on getting that elbow, that right elbow, uh, tucked in 
uh, underneath him, but then at that same moment in the past, uh, he might have given a moment of pause too, um, which of course uh, maybe led to a uh, a longer release uh, and also maybe just overthinking in a jump shot as little time as you may have, but like um, regardless, you can't really argue that it just looks smoother. When you can say that, always uh, always a good thing for, for our finals MVP. Um, but his jumpers still aren't just coming from from the three-point line. It's from uh, all across the board. I had mentioned in the Jazz game where he had hit a couple uh, turnaround jumpers over uh, Eric Eric Pachel and, uh, of course, many other opponents uh, on, on either block or at the free throw line, what have you. Um, so given that Giannis is making jumpers uh, not just beyond the not just beyond the three-point arc uh, makes you think that it's a that's a bit more replicable for the regular season, but we'll see about that. Um, in this contest, Noir started in place of Middleton scoring 14 points. However, uh, this is a throwback to uh, Summer League Noir uh, scoring 14 points on 17 shots, including one of nine from beyond the three-point arc. Um, Drew, Grayson, and Brooke all scored uh, 10 or more points as well. I believe Drew and Grayson had 13 points and Brooke had 10. The Bucks also committed uh, 15 turnovers, which is naturally a recipe for disaster. Mavericks uh, had a 20-point lead at one point in the third quarter, um, but then the Bucks uh, shortly after went on an 11-0 run uh Starring uh, six points in that stretch from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, but yeah, of course, with the controversial Jason Kidd signing for the Dallas Mavericks, I know Bucks fans maybe would have wanted to win this a little extra. Um, plus, I know many of us will recall the uh, competitive action between the Bucks and the Mavs in the um, bubble action uh, with uh, Luca and uh, Chris Stapps really starring against the Bucks and uh, foreshadowing the struggles that the Bucks would have in the uh, in the bubble. These teams aren't teams that really face each other um, all too often in the regular season, given the Eastern-Western Conference divide. But with the added sour Jason Kidd connection there, it's a shame we couldn't win, but at least it doesn't uh, count towards one of the 82 for the Bucks. Um I know at least some of you out there have seen the beautiful photograph of Jason Kidd wearing, you know, depends on how you look at it, but either way, it's quite quite polarizing. It's either on one end of the spectrum of the best bowling shirt I've ever seen or the most hideous uh, Dallas Mavericks bowling shirt I've ever seen with a collar. Uh, which we've seen only on the likes of of uh, Colangelo in the uh, also controversial uh, old 76er front office that uh, never lacks for drama. Uh, but yeah, not sure how much further we need to go on this game. I don't have any more notes, but I'm just really, uh, again, reminded of uh, how disappointed some fans must be down in Dallas, you know. Granted, they still have um, a guy who uh, rightfully so is in a similar conversation with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic. Um, and as maybe we feared, um, being in our small market in Milwaukee, uh, uh, we really didn't want to squander our time with Giannis. Um, and Dallas still has time, but... Um, Going from a guy like Rick Carlisle, who brought them a championship and was one of the longest tenured coaches, uh, to a Jason Kidd, uh, has to be disappointing. I believe there are rumors that uh, Carlisle and Doncic butted heads at one point, but I think Doncic also is just an incredibly, uh, just a really uh, competitive guy, like any NBA player, but... Um, particularly uh, 
high level of competitiveness once you get to the upper echelons in the NBA like Luka and Giannis. So, um, and also 10 years is, of course, uh, uh, like a century in terms of uh, NBA coaching years. So maybe Carlisle's voice just got, uh, just got stale and the returns from him on the Mavericks uh, would have been diminished uh, as opposed to what we expect uh, Carlisle to do with the Pacers this year. Um, but yeah, Jason Kidd just kind of sucks uh, in all respects. So that's why I'm not high on it. But we can uh, carry on here. Back to more Bucks action. Excuse me. So the preseason now concluded. Um, thinking back to all five games the Bucks have played now. And I believe now our only victory um, was that one last Sunday against the Thunder, who will be contending for the worst uh, record in the league and fighting for that. So going one of four is uh, not something to write home about if you're, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. But a uh, friendly reminder that the Bucks went 0 of 3 last preseason and the Phoenix Suns uh, conference uh, champion in their own right this past season went 0 of 4. So um, we know not to look too deep in the uh, preseason numbers. That said, though, in live podcasting, we can truly only live in the moment. So that's why we're going to quickly run over the top 10, uh, excuse me, even top 20 in preseason scoring through Real Real GM. Shout out Real GM for having a uh, really great interface and being able to find these uh, obscure stats um, rather quickly. You could even go back to Summer League stats if you'd like. Uh, Of course, numbers that normally uh, aren't the most accessible and maybe for good reason. But without further ado... um, the top nine in preseason scoring is as follows. In order, um, number one preseason scorer is Steph Curry, followed by Julius Randle, Zach Levine. Two of Wisconsin's own, Tyler Harrow, followed by uh, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is uh, really a guy, of course, a alumni of Rufus King in Milwaukee. Um he is really the big name that stands out here. Perhaps Tyler Harrow as well um, is one of these things that don't look like the others, but um, Harrow was certainly more accomplished than Poole in the past, of course, with the bubble performance, and that same year Poole was regarded as uh, really one of the tank commanders for um, for the uh, Golden State Warriors that led them to that number three was it number three? I think it was number two pick um, for James Wiseman that year. But yeah, of course, not taking preseason too seriously. He has probably been the uh, biggest and yeah most welcome surprise um, out of everybody if you're looking throughout the entire league at large and not... Uh, in our uh, smaller scope here in Milwaukee. But after Jordan Poole, who is the number five scorer uh, in preseason, the uh, rest of the top nine are uh, John Morant, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant, so no surprises. However, falling in at number 10 in just two games is Chris Middleton, um, scoring 19.5 points. Four rebounds and two and a half assists in 21.2 minutes per game through those two games, shooting an insane 75, 83.3, and 100 from the field. Um, and then uh, 11 through 13 are uh, is uh, OG Ananobi, LeBron James, and Jeremy Grant. Falling in at 14 is another uh, familiar name in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Through three games, he's averaged uh, 18.3 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 4.3 assists per game, shooting 68.8, 66.7, 
Uh, however, 58.3%, uh, that last number there was the free throw shooting. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, however, in three games instead of two, he and Chris are averaging the exact same minutes per game at 21.2. Although a small sample there, quite efficient so far. Uh, in these games that, uh, granted, they don't mean really much at all uh, beyond Monday. As we gear up to face the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday in our regular season opener. Uh, also, the 2021 uh, championship banner raising and uh, ring ceremony. That will begin um, at 5.45 on Tuesday against the Nets. Uh, in attendance will be uh, NBA Commissioner uh, Adam Silver. The event will be emceed by our very own Bucks legend Jim Patchkey, and there will also be a watch party at the Deer District uh, for the many who will likely be interested, myself included, but unfortunately uh, early this week projects to be quite a busy week for myself uh, in terms of my day job. But I am really hoping everything can go uh, as smoothly as possible uh, for uh, your boy, considering the action and excitement really starts at 5:45. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hop uh, right out of the desk and into my Bucks jersey uh, Tuesday um, if work even allows that for. Also more difficult because um, rolling back the curtain, I um, as of last week will be attending the office again. Not to turn this. Uh, into a therapy session. But no matter how much you like your job or your coworkers, which I do, I do find it quite frustrating that um, it seems that, uh, I don't know, more people than I would have expected uh, either uh, genuinely want to work at the office as opposed to home, or maybe they're just too afraid uh, to admit the obvious. But Hey, what kind of a show is this again? Oh yeah, uh, Milwaukee Bucks show. So, I hope you will be available Tuesday to watch all of the festivities. But, we still have a name, or five to get to, on these uh, top 20 preseason scoring rankings. After Giannis at 14, the 15 through 17 spots belong to Jaron Jackson Jr., Michael Porter Jr., and uh, Jared Butler, who we had just discussed, the Baylor alumni, um, who was just ahead of Jordan Nawara at 18. At, yeah, the 18th ranking, scoring 17.8 points, 5 point, or pardon me, just 5.0 rebounds and 2.6 assists per game, shooting 44.3, 41.2, and 83.3% in 23.7 minutes per game. Um, throughout five games. All five preseason games uh, Noara played for us. And like I said, uh, games that in the end won't mean anything, but um, yeah, you'd, you'd rather the guy show out uh, than not. Like, he may not have uh, as much as we would have liked. But rounding out the uh, top 20 in preseason scoring include uh, Trey Murphy. Um, I forget exactly where he was drafted out of. Uh, I have a couple good guesses, but I don't want to say it wrong. But he's the Pelicans rookie that the Pelicans uh, really um, have a lot of hope in. Um, he seems uh, quite NBA-ready um, to hop right into... Uh, a much-needed 3-and-D role for the New Orleans Pelicans, but no matter how how good he may look so far, um, that is a lot to ask of a rookie, especially for a team seemingly going through a lot, unfortunately, in the small market uh, of New Orleans for the Pelicans. Having a guy like Zion Williamson, who is, I believe, projected to be reevaluated um, 
in several weeks, reevaluated, um, does not um, equate to um, being set to return either. So Zion, their star will be out for the foreseeable future. There have been plenty of jokes cracked about um, how far away he is from game shape as well. Uh, and we also won't ignore the fact that they um, that they signed and traded signed and traded, pardon me, uh, Lonzo Ball uh, for Garrett Temple and Tomas Sadoransky, who um, are both rotation players. Um, still, um, the, some of those parts probably don't quite equate to Lonzo Ball uh, and his potential and early production and the perfect fit that he was uh, next to Zion William. Williamson is one of the most improved three-point shooters in the league and also uh, one of the higher-level defensive guards. So um, a lot of questions in New Orleans, um, but we truly um, hope that uh, that um, whatever their future may be with uh, Zion Williamson, that it has a better result than their years and the conclusion of their years with Anthony Davis. Um, has a small market team, and also being in the West, uh, we have no reason um, to root for them any less than other teams. All right, uh, getting to the end here, but still uh, a number of points to discuss. We already went through the uh, banner raising and ring ceremony that will commence uh, on Tuesday. The extension, well-deserved uh, for general manager John Horst, um, as I remember from that Woj pod that I uh, not so kindly uh, alluded to being maybe a little boring, we, I was reminded that John Horst was the youngest general manager in the league um, at the time that we brought him on, which uh, may be a little ballsy for a Milwaukee Bucks organization that held uh, the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, with an uncertain future uh, then, to be sure. But uh, even more of a testament to John Horst, really. Um, now, I guess, is the time we will, um, again, cover Kyrie Irving as, uh, we thought it could not be done, NBA fans. We thought it would never happen. We thought we would never talk about anything, uh, more than we are currently talking about Ben Simmons, but... Kyrie Irving has found a way to become the biggest news story in the NBA again, and he's also done so again while uh, not being on a basketball court, as he's not currently permitted to um, in uh, in his home city, nor is he allowed to join the Nets uh, for away games now. And, you know, at risk of that being a little misleading, I mean that the uh, Brooklyn Nets have deemed that Kyrie Irving will not be uh, joining them in their squad uh, until he is uh, prepared to be a full participant in all in all Brooklyn Net uh, activities, um, which will require him to become vaccinated. Um, I have had plenty of conversations with peers about Kyrie Irving. And his stance on coronavirus vaccines, which, according to him, he is not anti-vaccine at all. And what he is truly against is the fact that mandates have caused individuals to uh, lose their jobs. Um, although, if people were to have lost their jobs to... Um, the COVID-19 uh, vaccine. Um, at the end of the day, that was completely in their control because um, these individuals uh, in this uh, supposed cause that Kyra Irving's fighting for um, had all the, uh, all the capacity in the world to become vaccinated and keep their jobs. Um, and also do what's best for public safety. But Kyrie Irving is defying that, um, and his reasoning is 
uh, all too confusing. Um, so yeah, Kyrie Irving is so upset that people are unfortunately losing their jobs at this time. Um, but it is at the expense of uh, people not wanting to lose their lives any further, like many have uh, already, and in the United States more than anywhere else at that. So, um, I mean, what this means for <laughs> the Bucks, not to make the situation too light, but um, reminder, the Bucks were able to win an NBA championship last season in no small part to winning the um, naturally to get there we had to beat the Brooklyn Nets in the conference semifinals uh, many will remind you that we largely did this um, against only one of the three Nets stars um, and against their number one star in uh, Kevin Durant alone but um, if Kyrie Irving were to not become vaccinated for the entirety of the season and postseason, and the Nets hold firm, then that means the Nets are no longer a big three and a big two. And with the previous injury history of all three of the Nets guys, um, yeah, the Bucks' uh, odds at winning a championship um, exceed uh, by a lot if Kyrie Irving... Uh, holds firm, and the Nets do as well. Um, the general consensus is that the Brooklyn Nets are still the favorites without uh, Kyrie Irving, and I don't take a ton of exception to that. Honestly, uh, Kevin, Dur Kevin Durant, like Giannis, they're both debatably the best players in the league. James Harden is uh, has a strong case for being a top-five player as well. And the Brooklyn Nets are also one of the deepest teams with or without Kyrie Irving. So that's okay if you believe that, because with mostly just Kevin Durant last year, we were um, as close as one could get to losing in the second round against just him. But without Kyrie Irving, even if they're, um, even if they're, let's see, them being favorites, for the NBA championship is not in jeopardy. Um, their margin for error definitely is because um, many see the James Harden acquisition as insurance for one or both of the uh, initial signings of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, both of which have missed plenty of time in the recent years. So... TLDR, too long, didn't read, or TLDL, too long, didn't listen. Good for the Bucks. Uh, awful for the NBA and the world at large, because Kyrie Irving is uh, has become a terrible example for all of his observers. Outside of that, um, just a couple quick news items on former Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Sam Merrill, uh, also a former, uh, excuse me, former Buck Sam Merrill, but also former Timberwolf Jarrett Culver, recent first round draft pick, uh, both made the uh, Memphis Grizzlies opening night roster. Um, Sam Merrill, no notably, I think he had uh, right around a 30 point game, hitting a ton of threes for the Memphis Grizzlies. Jordan Noir was pretty excited uh, for his friend there. And we are as well for Sam, as we wish uh, current and former Milwaukee Bucks the very best. Um, and speaking of former Bucks, former number two uh, draft pick in 2014, Jabari Parker. And less exciting news compared to Sam Merrill was actually waived by the Boston Celtics. Um, this news just came in uh, today, Sunday, October 17th, as of recording. Um, and that's after I heard of several other Boston Celtics uh, waived from the Celtics uh, uh, training camp roster. So, yeah, I'm really disappointed because I thought that Jabari actually, yeah, for about 12 to 24 hours there, I thought Jabari was going to make a, uh, a opening night roster. But the Celtics are incredibly deep. So, if I were an agent, I would have I said that that would have 
been one of my last choices uh, for sending one of my guys somewhere for training camp, but it seemed to be a seemed to be a hot destination with uh, the plenty of recognizable names that these Celtics brought into training camp, uh, but they have since let go of. All right, and maybe the last news I have to share here is uh, McCall Bridges and the Phoenix Suns agreeing to a four-year, uh, $90 million contract extension for their star wing. Um, I would say very like well-deserved, to be sure. I can definitely predict that many uh, national media outlets will say that this is an overpay for Bridges at a $22.5 million annual, average annual salary for the young man. Because um, uh, many would say that he certainly has parts of his game that are limited, not much of an not much of an off the dribble uh, creator, um, but he's one of the best defenders in the league. Got a very valuable position. He can knock down the three ball. He has exceptional size and he's very young, so um, there's still plenty of room to go for Bridges. Um, however, the elephant in the room is that the Suns and DeAndre Ayton are still. Um, not in uh, cahoots as far as Ayton's future. DeAndre Ayton um, is seeking a max uh, contract extension from the Suns, and rightfully so, in my opinion, um, especially for a team um, in the Suns who now have made it to an NBA championship and lost to uh, your own Milwaukee Bucks. Um, the Suns really can't afford to lose uh, any of these guys now that they've um, now that they're knocking on the doorstep of a championship themselves after um, the large part of the last decade them the Phoenix Suns being uh, the bottom dwellers of the NBA instead of the aforementioned Oklahoma City Thunder so I would think that they want to bring back all of the young guys that they could uh, they brought back Chris Paul which also seemed like a no-brainer um, so, Milwaukee Bucks fans, uh, to you, this might remind you of previous years when the Bucks uh, were close, like after 2019 when we were a couple wins away from making it to the NBA Finals, and then we let Malcolm Brogdon go. Um, <laughs> however, now it's uh, even more extreme for the Suns, who um, were two wins away from a title, and I'm not saying that they're going to let DeAndre Ayton go, um, but that seems a lot more likely than it ever should have gotten to uh, as of recording this instant. So I know we will all stay tuned. Um, DeAndre Ayton will be a restricted free agent, so um, there is really no possibility of him, of him, ugh, of him, of him leaving the Phoenix Suns until uh, next summer. And even so, the Suns can match any offer that uh, Aiton were to sign with anyone else. So um, they may not be risking losing him uh, tomorrow, but uh, people have pointed to the Gordon Hayward um, second contract discussions where the Jazz said, hey, Gordon, go out and find and get an offer some from someone else and we'll, we'll match it where but we won't risk overpaying you um, for something, overpaying you something that you can, um, let me start over. The Jazz had Gordon Hayward and Ionago go out and get an offer sheet and restricted to free agency because they didn't want to pay him more than his market value. However, we also remember when Gordon Hayward was still an all-star pre-injury, he went off when he finally reached his third contract in unrestricted free agency, he ended up leaving the Jazz, who have since got incredible lottery luck and got Donovan Mitchell as an immediate replacement. Um, and they are now the Milwaukee Bucks of old with incredible regular season success, but they're looking to prove that they can be true title contenders and bring one home, just as the Milwaukee Bucks have accomplished. So... We are now full circle in a number of ways, but um, 
I look forward to regular season Bucks action and the start of the 82 game season uh, coming back on Tuesday. And we'll have much more to discuss next week. But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.